our sponsors before we start. First, we want to thank ElectroVoice. Based right here in Minnesota, ElectroVoice creates and manufactures live audio solutions, microphones, speakers, and other pro audio applications. They were kind enough to provide the microphones that we use for this podcast. They sent us a pair of ND76s, which are great handheld mics for onstage performances and are excellent at a wide range of other applications. They also sent us a pair of RE320s, which is what we almost always use for the podcast. They excel at spoken word and dialogue, but are also useful for miking drums, live instruments, and vocals. For 91 years, ElectroVoice has been providing top-of-the-line sound solutions. Thanks, guys. And this week, we're very excited to talk about a brand new sponsor, Olio. Olio is a company that provides CBD in various powder blends and flavors such as coconut water and flavored teas. Olio uses a patent-pending technology to extract CBD oil and make it water-soluble. The team over at Olio were nice enough to send us some test packets, and I've been trying them for the past week. So basically, they come in single-serve packets, much like a crystal light that you just add cold water to. They have a coconut water flavor, which is great for post-workout hydration or any time of the day that you're craving coconut water. And then they have various flavored tea blends. The tea blends have caffeinated and non-caffeinated options for whatever preference you choose. Each single-serving packet provides 25 milligrams of CBD oil, and they also sell bulk flavorless powder that you can mix in with a beverage of your choice. Now you can do a quick Google search of CBD oil benefits on your own time, but research is out there showing that CBD oil can help a variety of issues and ailments. Personally, it's helped the muscles in my upper back feel a lot more relaxed and loose since I've been taking it for the past couple weeks, but I'm looking forward to continuing to use it, and I'll obviously report back on how it's been going. To learn more about Oleo, head to their website, www.oleolife.com. That's O-L-E-O-L-I-F-E.com, where you can go purchase their products and learn more about the company. Welcome, everybody, to the World Wide Web, the information speedway. (laughs) (laughs) So this week, we all decided to drink a ton of coffee. So we got Matt Thornton over here. No, it's... A.K.A. Durf Jones. A.K.A. True Feels. I just had a little nugget in my pocket. What can I say? Yeah, you know. You know you found that one on the ground, right? I found it on the ground. (laughs) I found it on the ground. What's up, everybody? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Dang it. We have a lot of of great topics this week, and we have a great special guest this week as well. So with no time to spare, we're going to jump right into these topics, you guys. Yep. All right. <laughs> Topic grab bag. Cardi B. Cardi B video. Oh, Yeah, basically, so, yeah, little so bitch, up? do they sell Plan B in Italy? Um, she apparently had this, like, Instagram video where she's, like, chat, chat, chatting away and then stops abruptly to be like, shit, do they sell Plan B in Italy? And just abruptly ends the whole video, so... I think she's married to Offset, right? So we decided. I somebody in Migos. Yeah, they Offset. have a baby already named Culture. <laughs> nice. All right. <laughs> uh, hey, let's just have a quick grab bag, a quick brainstorm of weird celebrity child names. Go. Blanket. Thank you. Oh, North. Uh, oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Apple. Oh, that's right. Apple. I forgot about Apple. Apple. Jay-Z's kid's name. Lizard child. <laughs> Illuminati. 
Yo, I know they're watching. I'm a good Blue dude, Ivy, Rumi, and Sir. He named his child Sir. Sir? I know. Like S I R? S I R. Like Sir name. Carter? Sir Carter. That's actually sick. Would you like your juice box on Ew, the desk sir? today or on the bathroom? Sir, what's your name? Sir? 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 Yeah, sir? Like a who's on first sir? situation. <laughs> That's so oh dumb. my God. After you, sir. That's sir? funny. Sir? Okay. Any other ones? Yeah. Lil Xan dumped on. Lil Xan got dumped, right, Patty? I don't know. You were telling us about it earlier. Ugh. I know nothing about this kid. I didn't say shit about it. I guess he got dumped. I might have said a little bit about it. Oh no, it. what? He ate some... Wait. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. He ate some spicy Cheetos. Yeah, Megan, what's that all about? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he like ate so many spicy Cheetos that he, his stomach lining had some ish going on, and he was rushed to the emergency room. That's like the wussiest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm just not gonna lie. No, Matt, no wonder he got dumped. I'm just saying. If I was, <laughs> if I was dating someone, and I was like, oh, babe, these hot Cheetos are just doing me in. I think I'm dying. <laughs> I would break up with myself. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I, can, I can't be in a relationship, man. I can't even handle Cheetos. <laughs> uh, so there's that one. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, then oh, the next topic we got. Wait, hold on, hold on. I've looked up. Think? I've looked up a, a list of the worst celebrity baby names. Oh, which okay. They there's many websites touting this. So sick. Lil Kim's child's name is Royal Rain. That's weird. <laughs> okay. Peed, um, the, peed himself. You know, North is on here, obviously. <laughs> okay, sorry. Jermaine Jackson's child's name is Jermajesty. <laughs> That's tight. That is so tight. Except every time you tell people, that kid does not like what his name is, so. There's no way. Um, What's your name? Frank. He just changed it to Frank for everybody. Jermajesty. No, no, it's, that's not your name. Tell him what your name is. Jermajesty. Oh, my God. <laughs> your what? What you got is a name that sounds like Tony Montana addressing the Queen of England. Your Majesty. Hello, Your Majesty. Okay, okay. Chris you Brown fuck. has you a fuck. daughter named Royalty. Yeah. So that's pretty great. That's fine. That, yeah, that's a, I, I like that one. Okay, What's who, up, Chris? Is, Shout out. Do you know who Jason Lee is? Should I know who that is? Oh yeah, he's in uh, like mall rat movies. Okay, well, he had named his child Pilot Inspector. <laughs> that dude was on some drugs. He must have got a big drug budget after that movie. Dude, oh what's... God. All right, anyways, sorry. Oh, you're good. <laughs> For nothing. <laughs> Mariah Carey named her kid Moroccan Scott. <laughs> oh, my God. I. How can you name your child like Look, an adjective My two like best that? friends... An ethnicity. Her name was Maroc, and my other one's name was Scott. So Moroccan, I just named them both Moroccan. Do people Scott. name their kids Moroccan like Scott. America? I like Did that name. How yeah, ridiculous that would sound. I kind of like thinking a name's tight. You would like your name to be America? My name is America. I would not want my <laughs> name to be America right now. Right. Uh, yeah, I see what you're I saying. I read a book called America when I was a kid, and it was like one of the only books I successfully finished. Thanks a lot, brain. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was a great book. So. Oh my God. That's all I have to say about that. Dude, this list is so fantastic. Whoever wrote it has a great commentary on the whole thing. So the next one is Gwen Stefani's kid, Zuma Nesta Rock. Hmm? Jesus. Says, you know you've fallen off the Hollywood A-list when you got to name your kid after a restaurant to get a table. Hmm. <laughs> oh my God. That's, an, that's a restaurant? That's a restaurant. Uh, Bruce Willis place. and Demi Moore named their kid Rumor. I knew that. That's actually. weird. Yeah. Steven Spielberg has a kid named Destry. 
And the oh. age has a kid named Blue Angel. The age? Yeah. What is the age? <laughs> what the hell is that? The edge. Oh, the edge. Did I say the age? The I was age. reading Blue Angel. Yeah, oops. <laughs> what did Bono the name his kid? The age. What did Bono name his yeah, kid? Yeah, Bono. Um, Does he have a kid? He's probably got a bunch. Probably. That he knows about? I don't, I don't know. Okay, Eve, Elijah, Jordan, and John. Boring! You suck. Thanks a lot, Bono. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were trying to save the world. Thanks, yeah. Bono. <laughs> Bono saves the world by getting 18 semis to every show he plays. That's how he saves the world. Dude, it's amazing. who's Bono's wife? Thanks Is for the Heidi carbon Klum? footprint, Bono. No, that's Seal. Ah, shit. Seal. Same, same. Same, same. Except for Seal's album didn't sneak its way onto your Apple product. Ooh. Yeah, suck, that, suck on that, Bono. Yeah, Bono. <laughs> yeah, nice Bono. carbon footprint. <laughs> what? 18 semis per show. Oh my god, really? Maybe it's more like 20 to really? 40 to 300. I'm not sure, but I heard a super crazy stat about it. That's wild, man. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah, guys. we should peep that out. Okay, so what else we got going on here? Singapore. They Singapore. Got, they got canes. Oh, they do got canes. My sister, my little sister is studying in the UK in Singapore. And I uh, looked up a few pieces of information on the World Wide Web about Singapore. And I come to find out their usual punishment method for like small crimes is caning people, which is pretty much like a lashing, but with a cane. <laughs> so like if you spit on the ground, you're going to get caned. Like <laughs> you're going to get insane, whacked man. with a cane. That's going to be your punishment quite a few times. Probably hurts. I've, I've heard, heard that I've you have to have like a minimum income to live in Singapore. Is that true? Do you know anything about that? I do not. I do mm. know that they're supposed to be hella futuristic and very green. And their environmental practices. Damn, their average salary is sixty grand a year. That's pretty dope, Singapore. Thanks a lot, Singapore. Making us look bad. (laughs) They also have like vertical gardens everywhere. I heard, and they got a really sick infinity pool. From what I've seen on the Google image search. Dude, I've seen so many cool buildings (laughs) there that I'll never see in real life, probably. Let's go. I guess the top occupations in Singapore are account executive, marketing executive, and software engineer. Everybody is an executive there. What the hell? It seems like that way. Huh. I mean, they don't. <laughs> it's weird because they don't call it singer rich. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh my god! Holy shit! Oh Woo! my god! I just died. I think Pat just got it like twenty seconds no, after I, the I fact. What do you mean? It. I was completely serious. Anyways, we should go back and you, everyone should rewind this and, and know when Pat laughed. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna quiz you on that next time, so you're gonna get a free coupon. To your local store, if you oh, can guess the time. Oh, sure, you bitcha. So did you get that shirt in Singapore, Thorny? No, I've actually never been to Singapore, but I'm glad you like the shirt. Yeah. For those of you that can't Describe see the us. shirt, it's a Nike shirt with you're like looking through an airplane window and you see Kevin Durant just flying 30,000 feet in the sky ready to dunk on some fools. It's <laughs> tight. I found it at Buffalo Exchange in Denver. That's a pretty sweet shirt. That's a shirt. dope find. Either that person Indeed. got too fat for that shirt or their mom took it and gave it to Buffalo Exchange without telling them. Because yeah. who would give that away? Yeah, I don't know I certainly how won't. this would be I'm given saying, away. I mean, maybe ca- maybe somebody who's shirts. offended by the brand, recently offended by the oh! brand. We don't wear Nikes anymore in this house. Just <laughs> 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 <Okay. laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden. Do you guys know what's going on with that? Because I am completely clueless. I kind of zoned it out. Well, yeah, they did a big campaign. Yeah, they did a big campaign on Colin Kaepernick's side, who's been taking the knee on football games, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it's awesome. And They're they also much. put out a new um, a hijab. 
That's right. I remember that. Her job. Oh, really? Sorry. That's tight, yeah. too. They put out her job for, obviously, for the Islam women that like to work out, God for fucking bed. Yeah. And people freaked out about that, too, so... It was like an amalgam of things. You know, maybe if you got a problem with the hijab, you can start doing something. Maybe get a hijab for yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> Jesus. Seriously. A lazy a-holes? Man. <laughs> oh, my God. Get a whole life. Get a whole life. Jesus. <laughs> Man. It's like, ha-damn. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, right. dude. I don't know. People got nothing better to do but to begin pissed off about that kind of thing, I think so. So True. some people are, like, burning their shit because... Because of that? Yeah, and the best part is some people are literally taking their Nike socks and just cutting the Nike of the top off their socks. So they're just wearing these socks that look like... That have holes in the top? Yeah, like spy, like Robin Hood socks are now. That's absolutely like, hilarious. Oh, so Dude. funny. I, I really want to see someone wearing a cut-off sock. Yeah, so I stupid. haven't seen it, but we live in a pretty progressive city, right. I, I'd like to I think. I still, I still wear Nike shoes almost do. every day. Nike yeah. shoes almost and every day? Almost every day. Yeah, some Nike New Balances, shoes. too, that I despise. <laughs> I love, dude, I have some new they balance They got shoes. great arch support. What can you say? Do you own them. a pair? I am not going to go into it. That's a no. That's a yes, actually. Okay. I've worn it, but I've had the them? same pair for like eight plus years. Oh, so when, from when they were cool? every once in a while. I haven't worn them in a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like to give cool? fat shit. Dude, new balance shoes are dope. Oh, they were so cool five they years ago, are. eight years ago. Dude, can so. we talk about what used to be the coolest? K-Swiss. When nah, I was like nah. in the eighth grade, those shits were the shit. I had like three shits, different man. pairs of these white shoes that had like a hint of color in like one little section. And I had to get like all three different versions of it. Frick, yeah. Ugh, those K-Swiss were hot fire. They or were, the commercials. Dude. I need my K-Swiss. And the Pumas. Ha-ha. Yeah. <laughs> it was something like that, right? <laughs> yeah, and the um, multiple collared, uh, the multiple collared shirts thing. Did anyone go through that? What do you mean? When you wore two polos at once? Oh, uh, I never nah, wore the double polo. I would, I nah. would mesh. No, triple polo. To, nah, no, I, I never would try to match my polos with my shoes, though. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, for, sure. for sure. What about for the sure. plaid shorts? Because I thought I was hood or something. Yeah. Shout out to plaid shorts. I had like every pair of plaid shorts ever to match. I had some plaid shorts. That's for sure. I was wearing. Never rocked plaid in early high school. No, you never wore plaid. No. You did. Yeah, I had some in high school for sure. I wore plaid sweatpants when Wait, I had a stop. mohawk. You were a punk rocker? Yeah, me and Carter were in a punk band back in the day. You and you had I? a mohawk and you wore plaid sweatpants? With a big ass safety pin in them. That's awesome. <laughs> That's cool, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a big ass mohawk. It was like a foot tall and then it got like smaller and smaller. Man, I was obsessed and, with Avril Lavigne. I dated a chick that had a skullet. Whoa. Oh, yeah, so you told me, me about that. With a mohawk and my little girlfriend with a skullet. <laughs> It's kind of tight, not going to lie. <laughs> Wait. Oh, man. Yeah, you don't know what a skullet is? No, I was going to ask if we, if we have the same definition. That's like the it's Jesse like Ventura a, haircut, right? It's like a, it's like a, <laughs> a skull <laughs> Like a skull mullet? It's like, like you got the top of your head shaved like a fryer and then Everything like a shaved in the back. except for the bangs. Oh, that's a skull. She just had bangs. It was cute. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I, okay, I was man. thinking of like the reverse And she of that. had like a little longer bangs on the side. It was cute, dude. Like Ramona Flowers. Sup, Libby? Hey. I loved your skullet. <laughs> hey, Libby. You broke my heart. <laughs> Just kidding. Dude, that's hilarious. Dude, by the way, everybody, Scott Pilgrim is on uh, Netflix now. So you're welcome for that. You can tell by Thorny's face. You haven't seen it. It's cool. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, we were just talking about crazy hair and, and such and things. But okay, okay. 
Yeah, dude. Um, did you have any doozy doozy exes that were rocking the best haircuts ever? Nah. I had one that had like a penis nah. haircut. A pe- wait, a penis haircut? Yeah, he like had like the style. little sort of bowl cut going on where it was like just not long enough to flip out that it flipped in, <laughs> and he was like, <laughs> like like on year one, and he's like, look, we've cut Courtney's head, so like it looks like a penis, <laughs> and he makes a little splooge out of his forehead with oh his hand. Oh my god! <laughs> wait, he played along with it. Oh yeah, he turns. He's like looks around and like he's like like validating himself, and he goes. <laughs> That's hilarious. At the top what of his a head. guy. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so love you, Tyler. Congrats on the new baby. <laughs> Congrats, Tyler. This is the Hope X's you episode. You and your penis haircut are doing really well. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Uh, no, right. Tyler doesn't have a, a penis haircut anymore. And in fact, I remember when we were in college, we were hanging out one time. We were looking at like our prom photos together. He's like, why didn't anybody tell me? <laughs> why didn't you guys tell me? My head looked like a dick. I look like a dickhead. <laughs> I thought you said you did the hand thing. No, the, this, uh, the movie Year One, you know, with Jack Black and Michael Sarah. Oh, yes, I do. Wait, no, I don't. What? Really? Mm-hmm. Holy crap. That movie's also I was thinking this is the end. Hilarious. That's a good one, too. Sure. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Pat. Anyway. This is what happens when you you smoke a bunch of weed before you (laughs) start doing the podcast. Absolutely. We talk about lots of random things, but I know you guys are learning so much right now. It's ridiculous. But, you know, we're going to go into something that you're all really familiar with. Perv Chronicles. The Perv Chronicles. We've been doing it on and off for the last year because there's a lot of pervs out there. Yes. True. Indeed. Yeah. And Indeed. today, a perv is Un- getting what he deserved, except for not as much as he deserves, but he's getting something. Yeah. Three Bill Cosby. To ten. Three Bill to ten Cosby. Years. Yeah. Peace out. R.I.P. Bill. Three yeah. to ten years. What, what, you, what were we saying earlier? No fizz wasn't. Saying they gave him what? <laughs> no. They gave him three to ten. I don't know. Maybe a couple. They say, Bill, don't do any zuba doopster. Don't do any zuba doopster. Shuba doops, and you might be out of there a little sooner. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what an idiot but yeah but that's yeah, a good that guy that's cool to watch that finally happen i mean Vindi- i feel some, like a lot has not been much vindicate yeah vindication for everything yeah. for the amount of pervs that have been brought up on the perv chronicles so i think this is mm-hmm. the one one of the first ones we've actually circled back to and resolved that anything actually happened to the person so that's cool bye nice. smell you later <laughs> fuck you <laughs> yep. yep. <laughs> Rabbity babbity fuck you. Yeah, okay. And now that you guys know that you can sleep safely at night, nighty night, no more keep your butthole tight because Bill Cosby's in Giselle. Yeah, he might have to keep his butthole tight. Watch out for them pudding pops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. Holy. And now it's your favorite segment of the whole podcast. Joel, take it away. We're so glad you just showed up. Album of the week. I love Joel. Yeah. He's a good guy. He is a good guy. He's so chill. Mm-hmm. He's always dancing, like, minding his own everywhere. I mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. I see him at festivals, and he's never, like, out of, he's never, like, wild and out super hard. All he's doing is just being really happy and dancing And making around. sure everyone else is happy. Yeah. yeah. That's he's his main concern. Like, he's almost like <laughs> Festival Dad. He is, yeah. Shout out to Festival Dad. We'll just go right into Album of the Week. Thanks for singing that. See you later, Joel. Bye, Joel. Yeah, bye. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, okay. I'll start with the album of the week. This week, I actually just got a new one in the mail. Will you hand that to me over there, actually? That that vinyl right there. Where? That one right there. Thank you. I don't know why it got put back. 
I don't Pat. either. Pat. Yeah, I put it back. I know, dickhead. Okay. What was in the way? All right. I just got a new vinyl in the mail the other day. I was super stoked about from this dude, Bureaucratic, who I recently started chatting with a little bit online. We were working on a track together, getting started on that. But I loved like everything I'd ever heard from him. And um, it just is a really small world in our little wheelhouse. So he actually is was just being tour managed by uh, J.D. Vanderweel, who's number one our number one podcast guest, the first one, the first person we ever had. Um, we'll probably have him on again soon. He happened to be on tour with JD and I heard something about that. They might have vinyls. I think I was texting JD and I was like, Oh my God, get that for your girl. And then it came in the mail. So shout out to Brandon and JD for, uh, the beats for vinyl. It's super sick. It's a dual LP. It's got 16 tracks on it they're honestly all amazing you should um peep it out on spotify and you'll probably just get addicted and stuck on his channel mm-hmm. yeah it's called beats for like beats like the vegetable and it's this cool picture what looks sort of like well it's a subway i wanted to say it looks like the l but i can almost assume it might be new york since that's where brandon's from but yeah sense. y'all should peep it out beats four all right patty cake what you got for us i don't even know man all right, Thorny, what you got for us? I don't know if this counts as an album of the week or even really an EP, but it says it's an EP because it's one dude's track and that then counts, another man. remix. We were talking about the difference between EP and LP and all that shit the other day. Okay, well, this, this is a counts. two-track EP. One of them's a remix of the other song. But anyways, right. it's this artist. He's on the label Monster Cat, who I really love, but his name's Fowler, F-W-L-R, and the EP is called How We Win. It's a sick track. It's a really kind of intense... Housey. Ooh, house. You've been into house lately. I have indeed. It's like housey. I don't really know how to describe it other than going. It's really intense. And it sounds like you should be like in an arena. It sounds like some like Gasafelstein, like Rezzy's vibes that you're giving me from your onomatopoeias. Well. All right. I'll have to check it out and see if I can Oh my God. <laughs> well played, well played. Okay, well y'all should check that out. It's grooving. I like it wakes me up. It's full of energy. I love that kind of shit. And uh also one of the tracks is a remix by this dude named Jello, apparently. It's also fire AF. Dude, I'm so. surprised you didn't pick a happy hardcore track. I like happy hardcore. I've been listening to happy hardcore since I was like eleven years old. That's awesome. But it all comes full circle now. And yeah. I love it now. Again. Didn't you make, you said you made a happy hardcore track song recently? I made a happy hardcore track. And you That's like right. ended a show with it? I ended Knife Party in Minneapolis with that and everybody was freaking out apparently. That's it was awesome. really fun. <laughs> bouncing around that <laughs> Who would have thought that you could get away with happy hardcore at Knife Party? It goes way quick into some like dubstep slash drum and bass as well later nice. in the track. So it's a whole... A really variety of tunes. Nice. That's awesome. Anywho. Patty. Yeah, what do you got for us, Patty Cake? Indicate, syndicate. Patty yeah, shows us the that. music away. <laughs> 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 Amazing. Yeah. If you cut that song out, I'm going to be pissed, Pat. So <laughs> I'm not going to cut it out. None of yeah, these songs there. can go. <laughs> you got to love your brother. Love your brother, love your sister, love the family, love the mister. We're <laughs> yeah. a family here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. 
Oh man, that's amazing. Yeah, so I just quit smoking five minutes ago. <laughs> oh my god, sorry. Like half this podcast is just us laughing. It's so stupid. This, yeah, you know, so maybe we should have told everyone at the beginning of this that they should get high too. That would have made everything so much easier. Okay, so my album of the week is by this guy named William French. He's kind of this down tempo, really atmospheric producer. But the past couple years, he's been adding more like uh, sound design to his music and getting kind of like some wubbies and womps in there as well. You know what I mean? And it's like a really cool, really groovy, really chill, laid back type vibe. So I'm going to go with uh, the Entity EP, which was from last year. It's six tracks. It's nice music just to put on if you're cleaning or doing whatever, you know, Sorry. Gotta get some shit done. And he has like five new singles out. But since this is album of the week. I'm picking this EP from last year. So sweet. Check it out. What's his name again? William French. William French. Yeah. I don't know much about him. Frillium Wench. Frillium Wench. He had this song called Blue Heron, which was pretty cool in that, pretty big in that scene, like this down tempo vibe, but that was like four or five years ago. Cool. And he's been coming out with this kind of like new, more sound design y type stuff lately. Word to the bird. Mm hmm. Anyway, anything else to talk about this week before we go into our No, there's guest? not. So let's bring it in. Let's bring it Y'all. in. Our first guest tonight is... Introducing special guests. Let's do this. You're listening to Green Room Podcast. My name is Bureaucratic. You're listening to Green Room Podcast. Thanks for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Thanks for being flexible 
pushing it back an hour, the whole plumbing situation. Yeah, thank you. Duh. I really appreciate course, that. Man. Of course. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was going on really there, but it was making some really loud, like metal banging noises. You know, maybe cool to sample. Maybe not today. <laughs> not today. Not yeah. today. Not today. <laughs> now when you're stressed, that's just gonna that's just gonna call forth some some rough emotions later on. <laughs> they were some rough noises, so I could make an angry rage song with them. I, that's you your specialty, I know. Angry rage noises. <laughs> angry rage noises. Yeah. Big. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I just got so Brandon sent me his new vinyl or is is it it's newly pressed, right? Beats it's four. yeah, it's somewhat recently pressed. I actually just ran out. You you got one of the last copies. Really? Oh my god, yeah. I feel at least like, the first so pressing. cool right now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I seriously love this album. It's going to be mm-hmm. my album of the week for the shell of this cast. Really? So huh. everybody will have just heard me blab about it. I won't blab about it again, but <laughs> I guess I already am. It's fantastic. Yeah. I was just oh, listening so to much. it while I was waiting for you to show up. Megan. Really? Yeah. Nice. And I was like, it's funny because I first heard of you, Brandon. Yeah. Uh, about, I, I want to say it was sometime this past spring when mm-hmm. Megan was like playing all of your songs when we were on the road somewhere going to a gig. I can't remember. It might have even been last winter at the time, but it was all when Beats 4 was relatively new. And I was just listening back to the tracks a little bit ago here and i was like oh yeah this song's probably my favorite and then the next one we play i'm like oh, oh yeah no, no this, this one's one, my this favorite one. no that kept happening yeah. to me in fact i think i found a song of yours on one of the chill hop essential playlists and if people listening oh, right okay. now don't know what that is it's a, sort of a collective label thing what'd you call it that brandon yeah so it, it i mean it started as a youtube promo channel and then became a okay. label around 2015 15 cool yeah uh, I was so sort of both yeah so that it's kind of transitioned but kind of kept its its hands in all the baskets and yeah uh, do they, and we've are they had the Guggins ones? on as well who's from chill yep. hop yeah mm-hmm. yeah and he's based out of here based out of minneapolis yeah he's minneapolis man is that the same like chill hop essential playlist that they have on spotify yeah there's like, like the sunday drip and yeah, like yeah. all those that's all the same thing and i've seen brandon on that several times and same with with mike with guggins yeah but i think mm-hmm. that's where i found maybe both of them mm-hmm. i don't even know yeah perhaps it, they've been they've been huge man they like the the They're killing it in terms of the sheer reach that chill hop has as a label it's unbelievable it's pretty um, unprecedented very... especially for that genre yeah. you know for something that's mm-hmm. so well i guess it's not super surprising especially with like this huge surge in lo-fi and synthwave right. and shit like lately. all the ryan celsius stuff on youtube yeah you know i feel yeah. like there's this Japan. giant people have ob- obviously always dug that sh- that shit but mm-hmm. i feel like it's having a really big resurgence or like yeah. a comeback but it's in its pseudo prime right now or whatever you right. want to and call there's it. a lot of great producers out there making new stuff too because like there for the are. longest time i remember when i first got out of college for the longest time i was listening to that type of stuff for like those lo-fi hip-hop beats right that's so edgy you guys yeah i know right (laughs) but it wasn't like it was all old stuff you know what i mean it was all the same stuff that had been around forever Mm -hmm. and now there's new stuff coming out which is great with you guys you know and a bunch of other people we mentioned uh, flaming ghosts chilled cow has you know chilled cow has a constant 24-hour live stream Mm -hmm. of playing that Mm -hmm. stuff all day we'll just put it on and play settlers Catan. it's like my new favorite thing yeah there you go (laughs) yeah it's it's actually kind of crazy like to to speak on that for a bit because that's kind of the the scene that i got involved in first when i was starting out maybe like six seven years ago it's kind of the same thing where i like found the old sort of like lo-fi i mean we didn't even call it lo-fi it was just kind of like loungy jazzy hip-hop yeah and then eventually, like over time, the internet kind of brought us all together, mostly on SoundCloud, I would say. 
and Bandcamp even like Bandcamp was super popping for like mixtapes and beat tapes and all that sort of stuff. Like that's mm-hmm. really how I got my start. And I feel like only recently has like that the, the sort of like online chill hop scene started to merge in some way or another with the like heavier electronic but still instrumental scene that I've kind of gotten more acquainted to recently just through touring that's like more festival heavy and stuff. And I feel like chill hop as as like a genre or a style still has a lot of ground to cover in terms of like breaking into the live mm-hmm. aspect. For sure. And I think there's well, I mean, crazy you're potential. A, a, so. a great example of that. And I'm sure like, you know, just as somebody who, especially for the people that are constantly probably listening to chill hop and stuff, they probably haven't seen 99% of those acts ever play live because, right. you know, it is kind of an interesting genre to be putting on a booking i think it's a great addition for you know like maybe earlier in the night like like first Mm -hmm. half and like get people in the groove and everything you know and then i mean you can totally run with those things and like go into playing harder stuff for when you're playing headlining gigs and stuff but i'm just saying like i think there's definitely a place for it like regardless and absolutely i think you're definitely doing you're one of the the first people i've seen come out of that genre that is breaking that wall between you're sampling all this old school live stuff, but not really mm-hmm. doing the live thing. And not probably not a lot of people know this, at least people that like I've just recently introduced to you, but you play the bass. You fucking slay mm-hmm. the shit out of the bass. So <laughs> I'm all right. Dude, are you kidding? <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> oh my God. The Disco Dan track baseline is mm-hmm. probably like my yep. favorite thing ever. So everyone go listen to that right now. That's yeah. a fun one. I was I always, that I always like to play that live. Is that the one with the filtered bass? Um, no, I just turned the tone, um, knob down, the, the tone knob down. Tony's belated breakfast. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Let's just discuss uh, Brandon's just... discography here, okay? Yeah. Well, hey, that's 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 like a year old. That's a great album. Everybody should go listen to it. But you got a couple of new tracks that you put out. Yeah. Yeah. When, On Chill Hop, I think too. Let's see. Some extra of them. fresh, extra fresh is yeah, dope. He has I love the best the title tracks. Let's or t- like track titles, by the way. Okay. All of them are fantastic. Bob Ross goes to Hollywood. Like, yeah. how are you gonna? beat that i know i put like more thought into that than i do into the songs themselves really i'm so plain. lazy about that i need to like learn from you and maybe like spend more time on it i'm like look around the room at like the closest thing and i'm like the plant song i don't know that's good i mean you know whatever works but you know what i've just been keeping a list for like seven or eight years on my notes app on my phone just like constantly adding really dumb ideas to it and then at, like it's maybe one out of every ideas. 20 i'll be like Okay. Yeah. Like that's a good one. That could become a song. And then it's just a matter of like, you know, cause my working titles, I don't know about you guys, but like when I'm working on a track and it's still, the concept's still coming together, the title is just like the first gibberish combination that comes to my mind as I'm like hitting command save. Like, well, you're it, a genius because they're <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Thank you. I love Thank them you. very much. They're, yeah, I have a they're lot of 50% fun of the goodness, goodness of the track. All of, yeah, like my <laughs> my working titles on some of my tracks lately has been 2 a.m. drunk again uh, <laughs> or like frozen daiquiris. Yeah, I, have, I, I like, have a song called Pat's Hangover. <laughs> yeah, do you really? Oh, yes. Oh, and okay. I think I actually we released it already. It didn't get this called is, that in the end. But yeah, I have a, a song called here. Pat's it's Hangover. It's a running theme. It's not, it's not a good thing. I'm or I have ones here. called like Mimosas. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah, there you we go. know what we're doing. It's a vibe. You know, it's a vibe. Yeah, just so I can remember <laughs> the situation. 
You know, exactly. It's mood music. Yeah. Well, it's funny though, because that's actually like a lot of what Chill Hop kind of like the marketing around Chill Hop is like, this is like, we, we this is expressly and explicitly mood music. Like, mm-hmm. grab a coffee, guys. Like, uh, you know, it, it finds its way into a lot of coffee shops. I know a lot of people who listen to my stuff and they're like, yeah, it reminds me of like being at work and like studying or something. I'm just like, I don't know if I love that that's the connotation that like everyone's listening to my music in because I feel like that's kind of stressful. But at the same time, if it helps chill you out and like bring you, you know, and center you a little bit, maybe it's not a bad thing. But. Yeah, I think I, I think that can be a good thing because a lot of people will have that type of music uh, just in the background when they're spending hours doing things. If they're, if they're studying or if they're right. working at a coffee shop or if they're just kind of doing whatever they do throughout day, just walking down the street even. And when you keep hearing that music on repeat, the music that you love, they're going to remember that and it'll just be ingrained in their brain. So I think you can, hopefully it's a positive thing. I I think it's a positive thing for sure. For sure. So extra fresh and zesty surprise kind of have similar artwork here. I'm looking at it on SoundCloud. Is Mm -hmm. that leading into, I want to ask you, is that leading into an upcoming release, an, an EP, some sort of, cohesion project that you got coming up so these were actually pretty much one-offs i was i was just kind of approaching them as like uh, you know stylistically they were a little bit different for me i've been just listening to and making a lot more dancey music and playing live i've just felt the connection to like moving my body as something that i need to be engaging with more Mm -hmm. uh it's something i was always interested in but now it's like okay it's i i want to be part of that conversation and like figure out how i can take my process and and the samples that i appreciate and all that sort of stuff and actually move it in a direction where it's like this is fresh and exciting but this is also like still me so i wasn't necessarily planning to follow them up with a particular album i was actually just kind of like seeing how they go and and putting a lot more effort into the artwork and sort of the marketing and the the whole rollout with those two tracks, mm-hmm. taking them, you know, one at a time versus, you know, dropping a 15 track beat tape and being like, it's out. Okay. Right, <laughs> I'm going to go right. on vacation now. And then throughout the rest of the year, like really since I dropped them, I've been focusing so much on touring and I've just kind of let producing take a little bit of a backseat as I figure out my touring strategy. And then, you know, just coming home and being in New York, I'm like, all right, I need to like give myself some space here and like not just be like, cramming work into my schedule all the freaking time or else I'll go insane. So right. yeah. So they were, they were just like, you know what, let's, let's play with this concept and like make it really dope. But it went super well. And that's definitely the direction that the new music is, is going to find its way in. It's great, man. I love it. I love it. And then you found time over the past, uh, probably six, seven months to collab with Flamingosis, another guy, East coast guy mm-hmm. from New Jersey. How did you, how did, how did that come about? Jersey boys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've known each other for a while. We've, we've played a bunch of shows together. I mean, like him being from Jersey and kind of, I mean, if he has a home base, it's basically New York. He did live in Brooklyn for a period of time Okay, right now because he, he, I mean, dude, tour, he's like a road warrior. He's on the, he's on the road all the freaking time. So he actually crashes at his parents, which they're in like suburban New Jersey, like 45 minutes away from the city. I went out to his house once, like the first time we like really hung out, went out to his house and like his mom made us like a fruit bowl and we just like sat in there all day and just like made our first two collab tracks together. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. What did you call that song? Fruit bowl. <laughs> no, we, uh, we ended up with uh, passing by and look both ways. Got it. Got it. 
both kind of touch kind on of the go theme together, of yeah. walking. Yeah, which didn't really consider that until just now. <laughs> Interesting. Anyway, so we just kind of like keep in touch and, you know, we're always supporting each other and try to make it out to each other's shows and whatnot. And I had sent him, so this this collab, which was Flight Fantastic, the the song Flight Fantastic from his album Flight Fantastic. Yeah, that was right. a single, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this one was... I think I sent him the drums like two and a half years ago or so. Oh, wow. Dude, I love how that totally happens. I've just <laughs> talked about this sort of thing recently. Super funny. And like, I never released the, like, just by luck, I like never released the song with the drums because I sent him like this other track with the collab with a different sample shop. And he was like, yo, so I, I found the perfect sample for these drums and then he just shows it to me and it's like 89 to 90% done I'm just like oh my god <laughs> this bangs so hard and he's just like yeah I'm just like alright I need to add a baseline to this and then we'll just like ship it let's do this great yeah so it's, it great. turned out awesome It's hey, his whole album's great that's a great promo track that or single that he put out first and then I saw your name again and I was like god this guy's everywhere this year mm. <laughs> all over the dang place yeah man you can't miss me. Yeah. So you said you've been talking about uh, and focusing on on your tour schedule mm -hmm. back half of this year. So tell us a little bit about some of your favorite spots and how it's been going. Sure. So I guess like, I mean, previously I was just playing in Brooklyn, in New York a mm -hmm. ton, just kind of doing hometown shows and whatnot. And at the top of the year, I got an agent and just kind of started mapping out what the strategy was, but also, you know, I'm very new to this, so... When you start, you're just kind of like, okay, who's going to like offer me a spot? Like, how can I, you know, how can I fit in into what's out there? And so basically we've just been slowly working our way into a couple different scenes, which has been really exciting. I have to say, like, I have to shout out Denver because I, I'm sure you guys know too, like just the scene out there is absolutely incredible. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Like even coming from New York where there's so much going on, I just feel like the the appreciation out there for live music and just the amount the crowd gets into it. I mean, I played a couple Wednesday nights at Cervantes, which is just like the most poppin' venue out there. Shout out and Sheldon Research. Yeah, it's, a, it's like the new Mecca. Euphoric. Euf yeah. Euphonic. 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 Euphonic Conceptions, Euphonic. Dave Sheldon, Cervantes. They, they have a Wednesday night residency called Research Wednesdays and they just oh, yeah. bring in like amazing electronic acts. And I've played there twice so far. One was on my birthday. It was just like, it just was like amazing experiences. Plus they that residency. So welcoming. Sorry about that. Yeah, um, yeah, I was just going to add to that. That residency is sponsored by the Denver Kush Club, which is next door to Cervantes. So Truth. another cool thing about that is every time we get to play, they bring us free weed. Just like cartons. Like an eighth or like shit. a quarter <laughs> or like a like a thing of like five pre-rolls or like they'll just ask you, do you like flour or oil? And like, well, I got to fly home, so... Yeah. <laughs> Let me suck as much flour yeah, down as I can. Down fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny down. though, you know, like I guess for touring yeah. acts like like bus tours that'd be fantastic, but yeah. yeah. It's sort but of don't like go a to challenge. Utah it's like the Wednesday Cervantes challenge. Can you smoke a gra a quarter of weed in the day that you're here for this show? <laughs> Are you playing early enough to finish this ounce by yeah. the time you leave the venue? <laughs> yes. yes. You know, that's probably not like a challenge we want to tell Sheldon about because oh, that little yeah. shit will probably totally make it happen. Next time I come into town, I'll be like, remember that? Remember what you said? We're doing it. Yeah. I'll bring my, uh, I'll bring my, my camera. We'll vlog the whole experience. Okay. I'll bring my steamroller <laughs> and we'll forget the whole experience. Nice. There we go. There we go. Uh, 
On um, Research Wednesdays, have have you ever played in the main room, or is it always on the, the other side? No, Smaller. it's always in the other side. I haven't played in the main room yet. I, you know, I sometimes, I've, I personally have never played in the main room. I know, Megan, you have, but I've always played on the other side, but I always th- seem like the other side... Is, better. Uh, is a cooler experience. I like the like the long. I like the hall and like yeah. the intimacy feeling of it. Yeah, but I mean, it's obviously cooler. hands down like worldwide knowledge that the other side green room is ten yes. times better than, oh, yeah. than <laughs> the main room one. Always. Oh yeah. I mean, having not even been to the main room green room, I can still vouch. It's that. so tiny. Okay, yeah, and it doesn't even so have tiny. a toilet it's on so a throne. Tiny, okay, man. where's the yeah. throne toilet? Yeah. Right. If, if I if I can't walk can. up to arbitrary stairs where my feet dangle on the toilet, am I even playing a show in Denver? I'm not sure. You're absolutely tripping. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, <laughs> you guys. There's this like toilet in the other side green room, and like <laughs> you walk down the stairs into the green room. There's like a long hall like straight in front of you, and at the very end, there's a toilet like on a pedestal, and we're talking like a two foot tall like five, yeah, five pedestal. You have ground. to go up like a stair, and your feet like literally hang while you sit yeah. there. <laughs> um, it's really weird. It's fantastic. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Part of the charm, you know. Yeah. Ugh. Love yeah, I don't understand it, but throne toilet heard shout yeah. out. Yeah, so. and then there's like that, that like couch like banquette like ne- like behind the fridge, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's like like up too. It's just uh, there's a lot of levels going on, but it's a very comfy spot, you know. Right. Every time I'm there, I feel like uh, very at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. definitely. I love all the couches and all the people that just randomly show up there too. It is. Oh, oh my yeah. god! Every it's time like you play in Denver, like you're like, oh, I'm gonna get to see the so and so because they're on the lineup, and then like you see like 20 people that you know <laughs> ran across. Like you don't yeah. even live here. <laughs> what are you doing? You know, that's so funny you say that because people think I live there, and I think it's funny because I think I thought you lived there too. Didn't I say lot, that to you? Yeah. Like I said, you guys, it's the mecca. Everybody's I like asked like, him the first time. I was like, "You gonna be or like you gonna be in Denver for this date?" Because I'm playing here. He's like, "Oh, like, well, I, I could try." Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like well, "That's okay. kind of a lot to ask, Megan." Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah just get like, you know, when when things sync up, like for sure. But uh, yeah. yeah, that was super stupid. But. Somebody. <laughs> Oh, it's fine. I mean, it's, it's, but that, I mean, that, that goes to show how effective they've been in sort of consolidating everybody that people fuck with online to just like, they're like, they just, they're the plug. They bring everyone together. It's amazing. And they definitely have like, you know, I don't want to call it a genre, but you know, it's all sort of the same wheelhouse of stuff that I feel like they've done a very good job of building a scene for Mm -hmm. there. So it's very built in. It's great. Yeah. It's like, like you just said, built in, I was going to say the same thing. It's they've built up such a reputation for themselves on research Wednesdays or even on the weekend shows, headlining shows that people will just come out. Even if they don't even know who it is, I get the sense that people will just come out and support it because they know it's going to be good. Yeah. And they expanded that also to shout out to Brie Long, who runs the Tuesday version of Return, which is Tuesday's research, essentially, in Hmm. uh, FOCO at Hody's Half Note and sometimes at the Aggie Theater. But And then also Euphonic has, they've got people out in like San Francisco, which I didn't know. So Hmm. they do stuff out on the West Coast as well that I've seen their name on, which is kind of crazy. I think they have something to do with Wormhole. But anyway. Oh, really? Okay. I don't know. Just a little tidbit. I know you all are like super interested in that. Everybody's way interested in the promoter (laughs) side of things. Yeah. Ultra. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it really is. It's, it's the backbone of the live scene. I mean, it truly is. It's, yeah, that's why we like to interview those people on here. Like just last week, we had Andrew Frost, the TM for Sun Squabby and Mm -hmm. um, assistant TM for Grizz and stuff. And that's because we like to have that other input and that other opinion from the people who, you know, 
with the people with seemingly less ego. <laughs> the people behind the yeah. scenes who kind of yeah, make it all. Yeah, the people who make it work. Yeah. Who do the thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They're involved because they love it. And, you know, they do the, 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 the gruntier work, they honestly. They do. And they're some of the hardest yeah. working people that I know. Thankless. Yeah. Yes. Well, thankless. I mean, good on you guys for, for bringing them in, too. Because I, I like, honestly, they're, they're always the people that I have the most fun talking to. Also. No, 100%. And you just you made know? me think to myself that we're totally going to bring Otter on here. Shout out to Otter. Oh, yeah. Chris. Yeah. Bring yeah. Otter on this bitch. I'm writing it down right now. Yeah. Make a note of that so we don't forget. <laughs> Get JD on here too. We do. Oh, he, was he, was, he was our episode first episode ever. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, do it again. <laughs> well, we have a. We, we might have, have him in for the shell. We should have him in for this shell. We should. If That's he's hilarious. in town, we're gonna have him on. I think in about a month, we have another, we have another guest, guest that yeah. we mentioned in this podcast that's scheduled to be here. Nice. But we're not gonna say who it is because we want to keep the suspense. But we only mentioned like one other person, so I think people could figure it out. Right. Yeah, I simply must know. <laughs> <laughs> you simply already know. <laughs> you already know. Uh, you already know. <laughs> but yeah, last time we were out in Denver, Megan, I can't remember who was telling me this, but they they called Denver the new LA, and I think mm. it totally makes sense as far as music goes. I think that's quite no. a stretch. You don't but think so? Whatever. Yeah, I, was like, think. I think for us, I think for like those involved in what we yeah, do. Yeah, you're totally right. Yes. For us, yeah, that's the mecca like, yeah. here. There's also LA mecca is... though, Victoria, Vancouver. Yeah. If you're looking over yeah. in the West Coast, that yeah, area. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I, but then hmm. that's to say that like New York and L- that, I guess one could be the New York and one could be the LA. Well, I think when the per- whoever it's was saying so that, different. what they were referring to was if you if you go back into like the 70s when the, when LA like the music scene was just starting out there and the record mm-hmm. labels were just starting out there, that's kind of what's happening right now in Denver. Uh, I mean, it's, a, it's one comparison to make. We'll yeah. just put it at that. Yeah, I wasn't really alive then, so but yeah. Pat's like a hundred years old. Yeah, I'm so hundred years old um, apparently. Gotcha. Yeah. So anyway, okay. I have never yeah, been to you. New York. Okay. So You've what? Never been. What? Would, no. So what? What? What would know. I? What would I do if I went to New York? What should I do? I mean, for vacation. Yeah. What would you do? What would you tell me to do if I came and saw you? Well, it depends what you're like. I mean, it's just so you've never been to New York. Okay. I, mean, I like to like, eat. I like to smash food down my face hole. Okay. So where would I tell me the dankest places to smash? This is my like, right. main concern on tour all the time. Yeah. Understandable. <laughs> I mean, one of the best places that I always recommend people go is smack. There's a, it, it's a Mac and cheese restaurant. They just like serve it to you in a hot piping skillet and you can get like, there's like 15 different flavors and it's just so like grotesquely gluttonous. Sorry. I fell out of my chair. <laughs> That's acceptable <laughs> to me because smack is excellent. They, uh, yeah, they just, they, they hook it up. They just know it's good. And they'll like, they'll give you some crazy cheese options too. Like you can get like fig and manchego and like, r- like red onion and stuff. And it's oh just like, God, wow. Just look it's, this yeah, shit up. Wild. You can get like eight different kinds of mac and cheese at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my yeah, you get like a God. Like a, yeah. It's like a pizza. They, they have a skillet that has like divisions in it. Yes, like they a do. Pizza pie. It looks like a pizza, but it's <laughs> like, made of mac and oh, cheese. Oh man, that looks awesome. Mac and, and mac and cheese. Wow. <laughs> It's a yeah. mac and cheese. So that place is the spot. That's in Manhattan. I do. I mean, I live in Brooklyn and like most of the venues and stuff I play are in Brooklyn too. There's a, oh man, there's so much good food. It's like, it's hard to even choose. Uh, for, for coffee, there's a million different places, but I really like this spot, Leila Alimentari. It's like a super Italian neighborhoody spot, but it's like really, it's kind of, it's very cute. They like, they have all these like tchotchkes and stuff. And then they just come out with the, 
dankest breakfast. So there's this poached egg like salad that I get there all the time. And it's like on this like thick slab bacon with avocado and like Damn. Just this beautiful like like light vinaigrette situation with like radicchio. It's yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't eaten yet today, you guys. So if I start making <laughs> weird noises over here, just, you know, ignore them. Gotcha. That sounds awesome, though. Oh my god, you just yeah. like described exactly what I wanted to hear. So excellent, <laughs> excellent. Well, yeah. yeah. If you ever come through, please hit me up. I'd be happy to show you. No, around. definitely. I have to. I have some other homies out there as well. One of whom we're gonna have on next week's episode, and we already like kind of burst—not next week's, but maybe in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. I've already burst the bubble on this, so we're gonna have a friend of mine on named Anna Yvette, and mm-hmm. Anna's like this brilliant lyricist and songwriter, singer that has been on signed to Monster Cat and signed to several huge labels, wow. sang with some of the biggest artists in the game right now, and is now awesome. producing for herself and doing stuff. But she's like an authority on the Music Modernization Act and all the things that have been going on with SiriusXM lobbying lately and all the royalties mm-hmm. stuff. So we're super excited to have her on. And she lives in New York, too. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Cool. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to that episode. So anyway, what do you got coming up that you're stoked about, my dude? All right. So next week, there is a new Chill Hop compilation dropping, The Fall Essentials. I have a new track on there. And did all the mastering for the compilation, which is always fun. Wow. It's, uh, yeah, we're doing the whole vinyl run and everything. Print a thousand vinyls. Holy crap. It's nuts, man. Are the vinyls black? Uh, Yes. Yeah. I always like the colorful ones. People say, I've heard that they like uh, are less quality or something, or maybe that's the picture, like the photo posed vinyls. Do you know what I'm talking about, Pat? I don't think that uh, makes a difference. Does it make sense to make a difference? You know what? I've I've never heard that, but I I don't think that's... The case. Brandon, I don't know, do you think I don't that know sounds how that ridiculous? would, like a dyed vinyl would be less quality than normal black vinyl. Yeah. I mean, I would, you know, it's got to get black somehow, you know, it's probably a similar way, mm-hmm. you know, to, to how it gets to dye any it. other color. Yeah. Cause I think, cause they can make clear translucent vinyl. And yeah, I guess I have a few. I mean, I think too. vinyl is just a, it's a, a substance poly- that it's a does not matter. It's a polymer. They have this really cool Prince vinyl down the street at Flashlight with just like this metallic picture of him on that motorcycle, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was Comfortable ridiculous rain. looking. But anyway. Awesome. But yeah, so you got a thousand vinyls coming out. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we normally just do like crazy pre-orders and they kind of make their way around the world and that's always cool. And that when, yeah, is, been, it, when is the a release date on that? Uh, it's the 3rd of October. 3rd of October. Okay, so this that's perfect because this episode will be coming out on the 5th. So... It'll be brand okay. new. Everybody go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. It'll it. be percolating throughout the, uh, the interweb. Percolators. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, let's see what else. Uh, so this would be coming out on the fifth. I will probably on, be on my way to chill hop HQ in Rotterdam, uh, in the Netherlands at that point. Oh my gosh. That's Whoa. amazing. I'm spend some time with them plotting for 2019 because we're most likely going to be doing a project together so we're just going to like map out what that's going to look like hang with some boys so you're just going over to like the netherlands to talk about your new project with chill hop yeah pretty much like drink some beer we're definitely gonna work amazing congratulations (laughs) like (laughs) you just won at life no seriously though that's really cool (laughs) super cool it's it's great it's great i mean there's so many musicians around there too and the the team has really like the the whole chill hop team has grown a lot in the last year so there's a lot of people you know obviously working on the administrative side like shouts out to chill hop just by the way because like for an an independent like internet-based label that came from just one man boss like his 
his dream of just promoting music. It is like the most professionally run organization out there. It's it's amazing the the work that they do. Anyway, no, that's super cool. I've I've been and following Burma. several other artists that might may have led me to Chill Hop, like Vanilla and Poldor. Yeah. Yeah, that I used. I think that they're some of the first people too that just got me into. I mean, the old school sampling like of funk mm-hmm. and things like that to begin with. So that's super cool that you yeah. get to work with the OGs. That's what yeah, they it's, are. It's wild. It's wild. So yeah, I can't wait to go out there too. Like I just I love that country. The Netherlands is amazing. I have like my mom's family's from there and been there several times and it's just i don't know especially in the fall it's just so freaking nice i just can't fucking wait that's awesome what's your favorite beer out there is that a weird question that's not a weird question i drink my favorite like cheap beer is duvel because it's super heavy it's like a it's like a belgian strong ale Mm -hmm. sort of thing yeah it's like sweet and heavy it just like gets you absolutely railed for yeah it's probably (laughs) what like 10 percent, 11 percent I think it's, I think I want to say it's eight and a half, but that's still like, you know, it's it's like, and it's the same price. It's just a cheap beer. So you're just getting twice the bang for your buck and it's also tastier than, you know, your cords light or what have you. For sure. Yeah, for sure. That's great. Once in a while, once in a while we get some of those in in Minneapolis, like some actual Belgian triples Mm. or or doubles come through here. And again, then, then I name songs drunk again at 2 a.m. There you go. That'll get you fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) Careful with that juice. I know, man. I know. So, hey, let's let's detour here a little bit. I want to talk about or I want to ask you, pick your brain a little bit about how you find your samples. Do you do you seek them out? Do you have uh, like a drum beat down or a bass line or the instrumental down? You're like, what do I need? I need like a killer sample that fits with all of this. Or do you have like the idea in your head, you, you know, the song and you're like, this would be a great sample and build a track off of that or both, or I don't know. And let us enter your brain a little bit. Absolutely. Um, so I normally sit down to create music when I'm feeling it, just whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I like to start with the sample. So I will spend sessions where I'm just digging Uh, where I'm just like scouring YouTube or I, you know, I go, I do a lot of sampling from vinyl now. In fact, probably 80 to 90% of my recent stuff. And this is going back to beats Four. basically, I haven't been doing as much sample work now just because like it's starting to get a little risky. Let's put it that way. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You know, at, at, at a certain level, you really got to watch your back and just be like, you know what, maybe this isn't the best commercial decision to make to build a career off of anymore. So uh, that being said, <laughs> I, I, I like to start with vinyl and I'll just kind of like leave it on, listen. And if something catches my ear while I'm doing something else, like maybe cleaning or just, you know, something else that's going to occupy my brain, cooking, you name it. Mm-hmm. And I basically try to find, you know, the right texture and the right instruments. Like that's, that's kind of how I narrow things down. I like orchestras and I like sort of like big film score sounding stuff. Jazz is definitely my preference just because i love like really deep harmony and Mm -hmm. so i'll kind of go that route more than i'll go you know the more traditional like funk and soul route because i just find that you can mess with it more there's a lot more color to it and then Mm -hmm. you can bring a new perspective to it because a lot of jazz is like really cheesy right also especially like 50 years later it just kind of sounds like oh man this is dated and then you just like throw some slapping drums over and you're like oh Mm-hmm. This is so funny. <laughs> do you find do you find that jazz is easier to work with because of how sparse it is, and you can it's easier to find like a lead line or a melody line on its own? 
Uh, totally depends, but I do find that lush instrumentation is easier for me to work with. It's easier for me to wrap my head around tracks that aren't as like percussive or drum heavy, groove heavy. Because a lot of times I'll just like sample completely irrespective of the original tempo or BPM, like just chop the shit okay. out of it and it just takes on a completely different form. Sure, sure. So it's just a matter of like, okay, like these are some nice melodic turns going on and I'm going to map them to my keyboard and then I'm just going to like shut off whatever I was hearing before and I'm just going to like play these chops, assemble a melody. It's, it's like a collage basically. Sure. You know, you're just, you're pulling from all these different parts of the song and then it's just like, whoa, that is totally new. And now I've got a beat and like everything else kind of writes itself after that. Hell yeah. Like drums, bass. Yeah. Like just I feel like I can hear the process of what you're talking about in the Tony's belated breakfast track. Cause at the beginning you have like those, I assume you mapped out that vocal, the awe sound, you know, mm-hmm. and you just sort of go in and create, I don't know, you probably play it, play it map, like you said on your keyboard and not drawing in MIDI, but yeah, pull that one sample, no matter what BPM that it was, make them like keys on a keyboard basically, and then make your own progression. Is that sort of yeah, how you precisely. did that on that track? Yeah, that's it. I basically just, I, I, so I, I work usually in Ableton session view. So I'll have the sample up on one like instrument and then I'll just try to cook up an A and a B section. Mm-hmm. I always make sure that my beats have at least two musically distinct sec- sections. Cause it's just, I don't know. That's just, I always try to approach them as songs rather than just like, eh, here's 30 seconds of the same loop. Yeah, right. totally. Yeah. You, I think you um, have to do that to that make it interesting. That takes time though, to be able to start to do that, I feel like, or to have that even epiphany in the first place. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I came from a background where I was, I was writing more songs. So it just, it was like natural to me. Yeah, it was just, for sure. you know, mm-hmm. and it kind of sets you apart a little bit. Like it, it just gives you somewhere to go, sure. which is always fun. Cause you can do more than just like make one statement you can, you know, build. And that's kind of what music is all about. It's the Absolutely. tension and release. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely hard for me to get away from like the standard structuring of like most electronic music. And I'd say just like music in general, you know, like mm-hmm. first pre-chorus, hook slash drop, whatever you want to call it. And then, you know, breakdown, verse two, pre-chorus, hook slash drop, hook slash Mm -hmm. drop, outro. Like breaking out of that is really tough for me. Like been working on it quite a bit in these last, this last year or so I'd say. But yeah, I definitely think it can differentiate you a lot if you're not just doing like the the standard thing. And it sounds pretty obvious. I think I'm just kind of like preaching to the motherfucking (laughs) choir right now. Well, I mean, but it, it, no, I think it does deserve to be said though, because like, I think we also get in our own hands a lot about the the sort of like preconceived notions of structure and convention. And there really, there are no rules. Like, you know, if, if you feel that there is a certain structure that's going to lend itself to your song conveying what it is that you need to convey, then boom, just do it. Dude, you know? okay, what, let's talk about mm-hmm. the fade out. Okay. We've talked I like about this. With, I, like I love the fade, the fade out. out. Hey, <laughs> we just like have t- had this like little bit of a discussion with, a few different producers and musicians and stuff who it's funny that they all call, Oh, Ooh, like we'll like hear it live or something. People will be like, Ooh, the yeah. fade out or whatever. <laughs> it's like a thing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're talking the fade out in terms of like, like at the end of a song when tracks. you just like yeah. Yeah, fade yeah, yeah. your track out, mm-hmm. it's not like a super common thing. I feel like your music really lends itself to that style in my personal yeah. opinion. And I think you do that not a ton, but you, I've heard you do it before. But yeah. like you have to have a specific thing going on to pull off the fade out and you totally do. But yeah, <laughs> I think it's like this universally recognized, like sort of potentially taboo thing, unless you're, you're mm-hmm. nailing it. Well, I think that That's goes why back, we're like, Ooh, I think that goes back out, to like no. the seventies and eighties and like a lot of that exactly. type of music. And that, he's pulling samples from out. that era. So they, it's like, duh, that goes hand in hand. I think yeah, that sounds perfect. I, I love but. the fade out. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can't. Honestly, really... I haven't even thought about it that much. <laughs> well, um, now you know the fade out. I, it's a thing. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I always like I I, I used to think about it a lot because I did grow up listening to tons of classic rock and stuff. So like right. you know, the band would the get to the code and they'd just be like jamming out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it was like, all right, cool. They were like, they didn't want to write an ending because they were just like digging it too much. Yeah, and then, yeah. No, right, okay, right. that's a really good fun. way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I don't want to end this. I just can't. So we'll that's just... how we. Ha- I mean, that's how Freebird was created. <laughs> they, just, <laughs> or, um, they didn't want to end it. They just kept jamming and adding like Hotel California. Do they yeah, fade out on Hotel California? They totally did. Do they? Yeah, I think they totally. During the dueling guitar solo? I think that's when they fade out, Do you know out, yeah. that, uh, we were just talking about this at Renaissance Fest, but do you know that Hotel California was the first single over seven minutes long to ever be on the Billboard Top 100? Wow. Or it was the first of its kind. Mm-hmm. And they told the Eagles to get rid of the dueling solo and put that on like as an extended version on the album and then make a radio edit. And they were like, absolutely not. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. And the label was like, well, we don't even really want to push this then if you're going to like ignore us entirely. Like this is never going to get popular. Right. People don't want to right. hear a seven minute long song on the radio. And then, I mean, Turns obviously out. we all know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we Who's all know what happened this with Hotel California. Here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's a fun tidbit. Yeah. <laughs> Trust your instincts, artists. Shout mm-hmm. out Joe Dunn. You're right. Yeah. yeah, the business people in charge of the labels don't always know what's right for music. No, they know what's right for business. Yeah, mm-hmm. they know what's they right for money. They think they know what's right for business. Yeah. yeah, and then they think they know what's right for music, and then they have they get this ego, and they think they're a musician. And I think someone said, like, about. well, it says it all, really, that the world's like largest tech development company, Apple, owns the largest music distribution company. Mm-hmm. It kind of just says it all. Yeah. It's not even well, in yeah. our hands anymore. That never really well, was. Yeah, I never know, was, but I'm just yeah. saying, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's it, it's actually more in our hands than it ever was. Agreed. I agree <laughs> to 100%. Be, to be sober about it. Like, we've got, you know, as independent artists, let's be frank, we have the most control that we've ever had, and it's frankly awesome, because we all wouldn't be here talking about it mm-hmm. if we didn't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You and know? basically what, like, nowadays, when you can post things on SoundCloud and then recently, I think I just read last week that Spotify is going to allow people to upload directly to Spotify mm-hmm. instead of going through. Or free. I, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But and now but distribution's pissed about this. Now, if you got music, if you Such got a power move, we got music. <laughs> like, people want it. There's, there's no more need be said. We got the music. We can put it out there. People prove that they want it because it plays. Mm-hmm. It's totally in our hands. I agree 100% with you. More so than it ever has been. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's about what we just have more direct ways to monetize and to distribute. So we can just have a conversation with our fans and there's less and less of a need for a middleman, which Mm -hmm. was the label, which would cut us out of any control that we had. Mm -hmm. You know, so even something like Bandcamp, like Bandcamp passes emails along to the artist. Like, so you can just communicate directly with the people who are downloading your music. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Having yeah. a mailing list is like everything about, you know, at least like in the seventies, DIY marketing was all about like a physical mailing list, mm-hmm. you know, and the, the email list has become that. And Apple doesn't give that shit to you. Mm-mm. Yeah, for sure. But we have the tools now yeah. and it's, it's, it's wild. What I even like, even from a fan perspective, uh, I bought some stuff off Bandcamp. I bought a lot of Flamingosis albums off Bandcamp nice. and what's really cool is you can always send a message then to the artist as a fan and the donation thing. I think yeah. that's one of the coolest things about yeah. Yeah, for sure. that no other platform 
has. Oh yeah, no, that, yeah, right. and that's what I'm doing. Is like I'm donating money. Yeah, no, to definitely. I mean, most of I receive random free, donations. If I really like it. I'm gonna give them money for sure. Like I came back from Wave Spell recently, and someone had bought fifty dollars worth of my singles off my Bandcamp, and wow. uh, all by donation. Like Holy all shit. my stuff on Bandcamp is free. You know. So, thank you, thank you, person. Yeah, no, seriously, people are amazing. But no, that's just like such a cool thing to see, and like you were saying, Brandon, to like get to interact with directly instead of. You know, like I can go look on TuneCore and Symphonic Distribution and look at my monthly statistics and see how much I've, you know, like gross made from my last album over the past year. But I can't go solely thank right. one person that downloaded my album off of iTunes or Apple Music or whatever the fuck, you know? Yeah, you can't. You don't yeah, see exactly. that kind of Exactly. Data. Yeah. yeah. They, they are the gatekeepers there and they know it <laughs> and they have all that information and they feed, you know, their algorithms and their trends based on, you know, what you're doing mm-hmm. and how your listeners are reacting. And it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah, at the same time, we still have, at least we can monetize it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's yeah. a beautiful thing. And I know. think it's really cool over the last like decade that, and I, I used to work for a large record label in the music industry and we were always talking about this, mm-hmm. uh, how music was in such a state of chaos and the, the label that I worked for, there were a lot of, uh, quote, old dinosaurs that were, you know, calling the shots and basically what they were doing was not really embracing streaming. They they were doing it because they had to, because the technology right. was there and the rest of the world was pushing it in that direction. But they were, still were trying to control the marketing channels and trying to control the monetization of right. their music. And it was with the uh, independent scene going up against the old marketing channel uh, gatekeepers, of the record industry, and they're kind of just butting heads back and forth with right. like the new technology that had been advanced advancing with streaming and the mm-hmm. quality with streaming versus, you know, the people trying to control and, and hold on to actual physical units, whether it be vinyl, which had this resurgence or CDs and just still trying to profit off of that. It, it was in such a state of chaos over the last like decade that I kind of had my fingers crossed and had hopes in the back of my head that it would kind of figure itself out. And I think we're kind of coming to, we're getting close to the tipping point where it's figuring itself out, which is really exciting for, a lot of musicians these days, ourselves included, people who aren't aren't even musicians but want to think in the next like five to ten years, it's going to be great. Yeah, Personally. I mean, I, I think it already is, but yeah, you're you're right. I mean, the the climate has changed. I just remember the forecasts of like you know ten years ago, mm-hmm. the music industry was tanking. Like oh, just the overall revenue was like plummeting, mm-hmm. and streaming is completely revitalized and. You know, it it took a lot of old heads a long time to figure out what the hell to do. Mm-hmm. And that is to our benefit because like, you know, coming up through this environment, like we're flexible. We're just trying to work the channels that we have available to us. And like we're early adopters, right? We're we're mm-hmm. trying to find, okay, like what what can I be first at so that when it becomes established, I'm already there. Right. Exactly. And Absolutely. And it's all about just I think that's one of the things that that defines our generation as musicians anyway is our ability to adapt to all of this crap. I mean, that's literally like what we've learned to do. Right. I was talking to Alicia a couple years ago at Infrasound and she was about to go on and we were just quick chatting about what we had going on, what we were stoked about and stuff. And she said she was kind of struggling lately with just keeping some like mental fortitude with her project because you know she's an OG she's been doing this forever yeah. and she's fantastic uh, and she was kind of telling me how difficult it's been for her to feel like she's staying relevant and how difficult it's been for her to navigate what is the next big thing so that she can get there 
before it's yeah, over. Have a foot um, in the door. Right. And she opens. said something that I'll never forget that I think I've said on this podcast before. But she said every day someone turns 18 and someone else turns 30. Mm-hmm. And that just right. kind of stuck with me really hardcore, obviously, because it's so true. And coming from somebody who's such an OG, who's so talented, who's been killing it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, to hear her say that was really eye-opening and like kind of didn't make me wary necessarily, but I don't know. It was nice to hear something like that so I can be, you know, like more aware of, of the fact that that's completely true. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it puts things in perspective. Completely. You know? it does. And as somebody who is now in his 30s, I've, I've had that thought before and it's, it's a constant battle in my head of, well, I've already turned 30. Do I, is it possible to still be making things that anybody gives a shit about, but because like you said, there's always going to be somebody coming up behind you. There's always people out there working harder and, you know, better at what they do than you. And it's always a constant battle. I think that that can be a negative thing though, if you think that way. Oh, well definitely. I mean, that book I just gave you, The War of Art, which I assume you've not started yet. No, I have not. That's my favorite book. Thank you. Um, (laughs) There's a whole, there's a whole section on, um, I mean like the whole first part is about this, this idea of the resistance and putting a name Mm -hmm. to the thing that makes us all procrastinate and Mm -hmm. not feel like we're self-motivated and things like that. But like with what you were, what were you just saying? I was just saying like how you, you, sometimes you're on the wrong and oh, comparing yourself to other people. I mean, yeah, it, it talks a lot about the professional versus the amateur and like what differentiates those two things. And one of them is, you know, learning not to compare yourself to other right. people. It's it's unreasonable. Yep. It's stupid. Yeah, and, and Andy Warhol says it. And I think mm-hmm. he says it in the book as well that you can't really sit around and concern yourself with whether or not people like your art. While people decide whether it's good or bad, go make more art. Go make more art, right. Yeah. right. And I mean, but the the, the good thing is that I have seen people and there are examples out there of people who have made great music in, in their thirties, in their forties, in their fifties that weren't around in their twenties. Oh you know yeah. What I mean, I mean, or they, the, mean they were, but the guy that started LCD sound system didn't exactly. start it till he was 42. That's exactly. one of the most exciting facts of my life. Exactly. Anytime I think of like, right. see some 16 year old little shark yeah, opening Murphy, for James Porter Murphy, Robinson right? and he's already got like three full length albums that are going platinum. Yeah. And I'm like, how did you even know that a DAW existed when you were 16? This is bullshit. But, know. you know, maybe I could be 42 and start the next LCD sound exactly. system. So who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Some people have well, the greatest the points of their careers in their 40s and their 50s. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing you got to consider is like, like we're in this for a career, right? I mean, a career lasts 30 some odd years, mm-hmm. usually, at least like in a traditional sense. So you know, you really have to be thinking that far out and like developing skills and, and envisioning what you're going to be doing at that age. Mm-hmm. And it's not as much about being relevant, I think, or it's not, it's not as, um, personally like salient to think about it in terms of like, how am I going to be relevant when I'm 50? I just try to think about like, how am I going to be having fun and like mm-hmm. still be passionate about this? Like, mm-hmm. what am I going to be able to still do? Like, is a, is a 15 year old going to be listening to my 55 year old ass? Like, you know, telling them about like how aging is weird. Like, no, (laughs) No, but it's fine. Like you find your people, you know, and you can only do that on a personal level. Mm -hmm. Like you really have to take care of yourself. And that's, that's just, I, I feel like because the industry is so competitive because access is so immediate because gratification is so immediate. It's very easy for us to get distracted by people who are popping right now and, and just like skyrocketing out of nowhere Mm -hmm into overnight success. And 
that success is fleeting. You know, Absolutely. you really need to be focusing. If you know, if, if this is your goal to make this a career, like you need to focus on developing skills and habits that exactly. are exactly yeah. And like, not only is it like a matter of the fact that this person who came out of nowhere happened to make something that was just perfectly within the climate of what was happening and hit the nail like right, right on the mm-hmm. head with the timing. That's cool and all great. Yeah, they can make what's popular. But they didn't have the experience of sleeping on people's floors and not getting paid for things and dealing with emails from 900 people and like going through the experience that you really have to go through to build some like fortuitous attitude toward exactly Mm -hmm. what we deal with all the time. Mm -hmm. If you don't have that going into things, oh, my God. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. When when you when you reach that literally good luck. I've met people like that and I've brought people it's like that into my project before. And oh my gosh, it just something you can't impart to people, no matter how no, much of my experience I'll say in the trenches. Yeah. You mm-hmm. got to learn to do this, you know, because this is how you become a professional and like looked at as a professional. And this is how things go and la la la. You know, I can't impart that knowledge and like make you have had my anecdotal like reasonings for why I've got to where I am. You know, you have to right. go through that mm-hmm. yourself. You really do. I've had to realize that. Yeah. I just think I, would, yeah. I always think the best attitude and Brandon, you touched on this is that as we, we go on through our, our, our careers every day or every chance you get, as long as you're doing something to improve your skill set to be better mm-hmm. at it than you were the day before or the week before, then you're on the right track and yeah. getting, getting caught up in this trap in this mindset of saying, Oh, is, you know, an 18 year old kid going to think of what I'm doing in my fifties is going to be relevant. That's, that's just a trap. It doesn't matter. Put your music out there, put your art out there, put your creativity out there. And as long as it's better than what you did before you you're doing the right thing, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you're on a personal journey, right? And Mm -hmm. if you are secure in that journey, it doesn't matter, you know, how people approach it or what they think of it, Mm -hmm. you know? surely in a commercial sense, it does somewhat matter, you know? So that's always, that's always the thing that, that is tough to balance, right? Like if you, if you are really passionate about music, like we all are, Mm -hmm. and you aim to make it your career, there is always going to be a point where you're like, I have to consider this, you know, these choices as strictly financial, like it, and it, and you know, you might worry about selling out, you might worry about, oh, how is this going to be? you know, appreciated by my fans or whatever. Like the bottom line is it's a career, it's a job. Sometimes you have to do things for money. Sometimes mm-hmm. you set yourself up so that that never happens. And you just like have stuff coming in at you all the time and it's just flying your way. And, you know, there are periods where it goes up and periods where it goes down. Bottom yeah. line is like, it's a job. People understand like you have to take things for money. You have to do side gigs. Like it's fine. It's a career. It doesn't yeah. have to be perfect. You know? Yeah, totally. And also one thing, one fact that I always like to think about in regards to those sorts of things of like wondering, am I still staying relevant? Like, is it worth it anymore to keep going? You know, like <sighs> la la yeah. la. And I've oh, talked with Defunk a lot about these exact things. Cause you know, it is tough to, I don't know, you know, have such a personal, it's such a personal thing for, for us that do truly care about it so much. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, in my mind, you know, my songs are literally never, ever going to stop getting royalties until I have one foot in the grave and one foot on a banana peel and I fucking die. Like, <laughs> yeah. literally, I'm never going to stop getting plays for the rest of however long my life is, which is hope- hopefully pretty long because I just turned 28. So I made it past the one there year, which means I'm not that brilliant, but that's cool. <laughs> 
you know, like... It's a different world back then. Don't compare yourself. <laughs> Don't compare yourself. <laughs> I mean, I'm no Janis Joplin here, okay? But I'm 28 and I made it. So, no, I'm just saying, like, forever, my songs are going to keep getting plays. Your songs are going to keep getting plays. We're going to get a check every month. I mean, figuratively, digital check mm-hmm. for every month until the day that we die. So let's say, like, you know, I mean, you're going to die sooner than me because a- women live longer, averagely. But, um, <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> No, I mean, like we 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 got a good fifty years here. I would say at the at the right. least, and so for fifty average, years, yeah. we're gonna keep getting plays. We're gonna keep getting royalties. The number literally of plays of of stuff can like never go down. So uh, that's kind of of your plays. Here's the thing. I, I mean, monthly and like you know, relatively, but I'm just saying like those numbers total. will continue to grow. Oh yeah, yeah. I see. What I you're hope so. I mean, I want to be sober about it too because I feel like so. At least this is my perspective here, and I'm not trying to to burst any no, bubbles here. I'm but just think, saying you can't get negative plays. Well, you, yeah, okay, true. You can't get negative plays, yeah. but you can get negative to where you are right now. Like you, yeah. you know that that shit will fluctuate, and the economy. Like right now, we're in this like like I'm benefiting immensely from the streaming economy. Like I just was in it at the right time, had a bunch of music already out when things started popping in like the chill hop scene. And that's benefited me a lot. Like I live in New York on my music dime right now. And that's like, that's crazy to me. I'm just starting to get involved. Yeah. It's amazing, man. I think I I saw yesterday you have like 87 songs out in the last three years on Spotify, by the way, everybody, this prodigious prolific motherfucker, (laughs) you know, just making beats in my bedroom. It's so cool, dude. It's it's great, but I mean that's it was a lot of that was from beforehand, and I just dumped it all on Spotify once I realized like oh this is a major like commercial opportunity, and just having it there like having catalog on Spotify has been massive because like there's just there's if someone discovers my music, there's more to dig through you know right instead of just like oh he's got one single well I'll follow him wait for the next one it's mm-hmm. like no 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 you've got like you've got troves you can go through if you want like and and you can get acquainted with like what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's more, there's more, you know, art and videos and stuff on YouTube going back like six, seven years. And that just like having that already there when streaming popped up, it was like, okay, this is sick. Like this is somehow like mm-hmm. it, the timing worked out, but you never know, like streaming could be going in a totally different direction soon. You know, like there could be a renegotiation of the, the like royalty rates. And, you know, it's just like, you never know this shit is changing so fast. You really have to diversify and like have your hands in as many baskets in order to be a well-rounded business person. Absolutely. Because that's really what we are, you know, yep. we're, we're CEOs of our own musical brands in a way. Yeah. So yeah, just anyone out there, like don't get too comfortable. <laughs> it's uh, you know, you still have to keep working your ass off. Yeah. I think, in order to, I think any, any musician out there who's comfortable has, has like, it's, there's something they missed along the way because I, you know, like <laughs> any, or any artist out there, if like, if you are too comfortable right now, I, I don't know. I just can't imagine that mindset. Yeah. You might start making religious, anti-religious rants on Twitter or something. <laughs> Shots. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I mean, and the, the cool thing that you touched on about having a catalog on Spotify and if people, you know, they discover you and they like that one track, then all of a sudden there's like 80 more tracks to look through. That's right. The that's the amazing thing about this day and age is all of the material, all of your songs, all of your catalog can be up on these streaming sites. It can be on YouTube. It can be on whatever site you're using it to ho- to host your music or your mm-hmm. art. And back, you know, before streaming, even it wasn't even that long ago, 10, 15 years ago. If people liked one song they heard on the radio, then they'd have to go buy a CD or 
find some, you know, medium that they can listen to your music on. And even then that might only be six, seven tracks. And then you realize, oh God, I like these guys. They have like 10 albums out there. Now I got to go spend money on this. Now you can buy just, them. Yeah. yeah. Now you can just, now you can just dig right in. And the right. way that the landscape is right now, we as musicians will collect royalties, albeit small, but if somebody's really, dig, really digging your track and they're sharing it with friends, it adds up. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's yeah, awesome. You just got to be able to start conversations. You know, that's, that's kind of like, it, it all goes back to word of mouth mm-hmm. at the end of the day it does. is what you're touching and on. I was talking mm-hmm. about this with my manager too recently though, like just how much of a difference one person makes. I mean, when you have millions of plays and stuff, it gets hard to maybe differentiate the fact that, you know, those are all coming from a single source and stuff, but it's if you think about the overall lifetime revenue that one fan can provide, it's pretty ridiculous, you know, right. in terms of you releasing music yeah. consistently well, I mean, for however long are you touring in their area or are you putting out merch that they like? Like one right. person's lifetime revenue as a fan can be it, right. it adds up extremely quickly. So, right. Like, right. for example, when you have multiple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the amount of times I've listened to the second Black Crows album is if it was on <laughs> if it was on Spotify, if that had came out, uh, you know, 15 years later it would have been they'd be making way more money off of me than the 9.99 i spent on the cd that came out or whatever yeah so it's a i mean it's a it's a win-win from both angles in this marketplace to win from the consumer's perspective because they have all this music at their fingertips to win from the musician's uh, perspective because you know we can kind of bypass the distribution and and get paid directly and it's i'm really excited about where it's where things are going exactly it's hugely exciting. It's it's crazy. I mean, it's it's we're we're so fortunate because so many industries are not going in this direction, mm-hmm. where control is being held by one or two companies that just keeps like buying up everything else. Like the the sort of horizontal mergers going on mm-hmm. in like every industry is it's just pretty alarming in like a macroeconomic scale. It's like Jesus, man. I mean, we, Pandora uh, just got acquired by SiriusXM, which is like. That's a huge deal. Apparently, that's the biggest audio entertainment or just like plain entertainment merger in history. And that's going to have some crazy implications for how music is consumed. And, you know, I don't I can't speak for like how those services or those products are going to change, but that's just nuts. Like, that's just huge news for so many people because so many people listen to their music right on those two platforms. Yeah, I, I personally uh, have satellite radio and I love it. And yeah. I, actually, going back to satellite radio, that was a big you know, the uh, MMA thing. What? The Music Modernization Act. Oh no! I, I was going to say Sorry. that one of the stations that they have was called Chill. I think they changed it now, but that was a big like. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Diplo's. Yeah, it's now the Diplo, Diplo Radio. Friends, yeah. But yeah, it was like Station Fifty Three. It was just called Chill, and yep. I just had that on, like, permanently set permanently for like two years, and that's how like I got exposed to a lot of this chill hop and yeah, kind of like much, lo-fi man. stuff. To be it's fair, kind of Diplo too. plays a lot of house music on his new channel, Does and I really, really like it. I'm yeah. sure it's great, but I wish there was still <laughs> like a, a down tempo channel. I just feel like every day when I get in the car, if that channel's on, like they've got a clap tone mix playing, and I'm like, oh, yeah, get it. I'm down with that. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So actually, the the guy who programmed Chill is this guy Ben Harvey, and he um he's great. He's just a great guy, and he cares very deeply about that sort of like. I mean, he, he he was really big in pushing like Kygo to the forefront. Just that the sort of like tropical house movement was really it was just like it kind of had a home on that station. Mm-hmm. It, it's very interesting to kind of see how that's changed over time. But he's also, I mean, Ben's really cool. He really enjoys the chill hop scene and everything too. And he's 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 just 
a, a good supporter and, and a great guy. That's awesome. So it's great. Next time you see him, tell him yeah. I miss his channel. <laughs> I will. Tell yeah. I will. Tropical House was such a funny little thing, you know? I mean, Kygo's really still doing well off of his own sound, which is somehow different from Tropical House and yet the same. I'm really not sure how to right. describe it, but I don't know. It's less fruity yeah. than Tom, Thomas Jack. And I mean that in like a tropical sure. way, not a gay way. Yes. No, I understand. Agree. Yeah. But yeah, Tropical House was such a fun little boop in time, <laughs> you know, right? just like Moombaton sort a of. moment. <laughs> Hey man, uh, well it's been yeah. it's been great chatting with you. I think we're gonna wrap it up here pretty soon because we're we're creeping up on an hour. But I'm cool, looking cool. at your uh, your SoundCloud and checking some of the upcoming dates. It looks like you got Chicago at the Chop Shop on oh, Friday. Oh nice! The 12th. I love the Chop Shop. October twelfth. Yeah, you guys been there? I oh, personally I played there have a not. few times with Zugma and Govinda. They were both a blast. Okay. The Chop Shop is a really nice. cool venue. The front half of it is like a deli and butcher shop, obviously. Yeah. And they have really bomb food. And then there's a restaurant above it too. I'm not sure if it's called the Chop Shop, but it's affiliated and they have really bomb food too. So Sweet. it's not often that it's not super often, I feel like, where we run into venues that also have dank ass food. So Yeah. I was gonna say, yo, venues with food are the are the best. <laughs> no, seriously. It just, like, <laughs> changes my life. There's a few of them out there that like, I th- I think should abandon their food program altogether. Well, those but, are the bar food but, yeah. places. Yeah. You know? yeah. And they know that they just like, <laughs> they just have to have it. Well, they need food on hand yeah. for all the wasty faces. Yeah. Right. Exactly. You know, it's frozen. What are you going to do? Yeah. Throw it in the fryer but yeah, dude, and, the chop know. shop is a blast. You're going to have so, you got, so much fun. You got, uh, looks like you also got Tuesday, October 16th. You're going to be back in Denver. The Mecca. Yeah. Doing the Larimer Lounge. Damn yeah. it. I'm going to miss you by like a week. Mm-hmm. Shit. Where are you going to be? I'm playing in Boulder on October 6th with Sodown. Oh, no way. Yeah. Are you, is that. Wait, no, that's not Floozies because he's no. he's opening for the Floozies. No, he's like, headlining. It's he's from Boulder actually, right. so this is a gotcha. headline for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the, the one oh, sweet. the one I'm curious to ask you about that you have the very next day, Wednesday, October seventeenth, is in Salt Lake, and it's in yeah. Kilby Court. <laughs> okay, dude, that place yes. fucking rules. Yes, because we played there nice. a couple it's years ago. It's super punk rock AF. It's like a collection of huh. old ro- broken down buildings with random arcade games in them. Yeah, and then like sweet. they turn it into a venue. It's really fucking it's weird and cool. And punk rock. It's like very cool. strange. And the thing, the funny thing is, is we played there, man, that was like two years ago. And it was a Sunday in Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Now, I, yeah. I don't know a lot about Salt Lake City. I was only there that one time. But I do know that uh, there's a religious undertone throughout the whole city. Oh, yeah. And it was founded by Mormons. Oh, yes. The whole freaking place oh, is yes. like, yeah. And it happened great. to be Mother's Day when we were playing, too, which is an extra. <sighs> Not a lot of people out. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. We had three people at the show. We had we had the three people who we were don't. We had one of those shows where you just get drunk immediately upon arrival when you, yeah. once you realize the situation <laughs> that you found yourself I'll in. I'll have six gins yeah. straight yeah. Yeah. Except right there's now. no bar there, so BYOB. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, because it's Salt Lake City and it's, and it's Utah and they have crazy laws. Yeah. They don't like anyone having fun. Randomly, Mm-mm. though, I did want to ask Randomly. you about this. I noticed that like sure. a week ago or something, or maybe it was, I guess it would probably just be last weekend. You played with a full band set on the same weekend as yeah. me. How did that go? It went great. Uh, it, it was awesome. Um, how many pieces did, did you do? How many pieces? How many pieces did you have up pieces with you? Sorry. Of, so it was a four piece. I, I play bass and was kind of controlling Ableton from there. I didn't really do too much on the computer, but uh, I also had my friend Adam on guitar, Simone, the keyboardist, and David on drums. So it was a little four piece. Nice. What did you yeah. kind of rework all of your stuff to allow space for everybody or did you guys just kind of go with it? 
we kind of went with it. So it was, it came together really fast. Mm -hmm. I had a crazy tight deadline and I decided literally three weeks out, I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to find the players and we're just going to like jump into this and we're going to play 12 songs and it's going to be fast and we're going to pull it together and it's going to be great. So, you know, musically speaking, we would have definitely benefited from more time to really tighten up the screws. But like, I really wanted to embrace the loosey goosiness. Like it was a late set, you know, it was Saturday night. Like there was a show that my friends threw beforehand across town. So like everyone was just like having a great time. And it was like, all right, this is just perfect. We're just going to like jam out on stuff. And it was, it was really great. It was like a proof of concept show for me. It was like, let's make sure that the fan base like really can get down with this because that's kind of the direction I want to start going is is playing in more bands and doing more live stuff. Awesome. Did you stream that by so, chance? Uh, I wasn't able to stream it. The uh, The venue has a, a somewhat strict policy mm-hmm. and I also like would have had to just like put my Instagram on like a tripod on stage or something yeah, yeah, and I was totally like right. I had my hands full. But we did manage to get a soundboard recording that I just oh, got nice. in this week and just have to like master it and make sure it's like it sounds pumping but like the sounds really good and it's about the last like two-thirds of the set awesome because the soundboard guy was like oh shit <laughs> i should be recording <laughs> this which is really nice of him shouts to zach that's awesome i'm stoked to Thanks, hear that dude, for real yeah i want to hear that too i was so. i'm glad you brought that up megan because i was going to ask you that earlier but i totally forgot if yeah. you've ever have you ever done anything like that before like do you implement if even if it's a solo show do you bring your bass with you Ever. Yeah, every every time I play, I've got uh, bass and keys on stage, okay. uh, and then basically I'm like accompanying my own tracks. Gotcha. When you, let me ask you this: like Then you fly with your bass, do you check it? I do. Ah, so you got a flight case and everything. Yeah, I've got a flight case. It's it's been fine, man. I've I've done a bunch of flights with it so far. It definitely has a bunch of scuffs, but my bass itself has been fine i mean like crossing my fingers but i just bought a second base last week mm-hmm. that's like way better than i'm not gonna fly with right uh, it's gonna be my studio base for a while so i'm like okay i have a little bit of like a buffer like you know got insurance and- mm-hmm. yeah i'm always i'm always yeah. concerned about that when i fly because i'm always trying to fly like as cheap as possible without trying to check stuff Fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and so i don't have a flight case for my guitar so i always bring it on and stash it in the uh coat closet i'm saying though dude i have yeah, flight cases call. for my shit i don't use it i'm just it's a pain in my ass i'd rather figure out how to finagle everything up onto the plane with me I which a, i've successfully yeah, done yeah. recently yeah if i like someday down the road you know god willing fingers crossed if i'm if i'm making enough money then yeah, I will get a flight case. And, yeah, you just have, would have it. no idea how important the whole like luggage baggage thing is when you're touring oh, so much. It, yeah. It's something I didn't even really think about until all of a sudden I was like full swing every weekend flying somewhere. And then I was like, oh my God, my luggage is a shit show. Yeah, I finally yeah. just had to be like, fuck all of this. And I just got rid of everything <laughs> and bought all brand Dude, new luggage. I have, just, so like, many, together. I have so many spreadsheets that I've made over the past two years about like a pack list. And like how everything is going to fit. And I know like, okay, I can bring like four shirts. I can bring like, oh my God, you're fucking ridiculous. I know it's super nerdy. Sounds like something my dad would do. (laughs) But hey, it's like, it makes it easy when I, it makes it easy when I have to pack quickly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my dad's cool. So yeah. Anyway. I'm glad we got that on the record. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out Aaron. Uh, I know you're never going to listen to this. I hope not. Cause I just swore. Disown (laughs) disown you. Disowned. Anyway, no, dude, thank you so much for hanging out yeah. with us. Thanks for having me, guys. Before we go here, is there anything that you want to plug? I mean, we just mentioned Friday, the, October 12th, uh, Chicago Chop Shop. Tuesday, the 16th, Denver at the Larimer Lounge. And then uh, Salt Lake City the next day, Wednesday, the 17th at Kilby Court. 
Is there anything yeah. else that you want to mention that's coming up that you're really excited about that you want people to Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. So that that leg is just a quick run with Robotaki. I'm doing direct support for him. And actually, my friend Ehio Robo is going to be opening up. So I'm super excited about that. Uh, that's those three dates, Midwest and Mountains. And then afterwards, I have... Let's see. I got a show in LA with Moods. That's going to be at Union Club. Okay. Uh, that's a little co-headlining spot. Love that. And after that, I've got um, opening up for Elliot Lip here in New York. Oh, which no be a shit. Lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah. And that's at like this, it's like the one year anniversary of this like metal bar that just opened up. It's like a hardcore spot. It's like, Crazy. it should be really interesting. That'll be fun. And then I'm going on tour with the Floozies at the end of the year. Hell yeah. Um, and so down. So that, that'll be a lot of fun too. That's like mid-Atlantic, Northeast sort of area very cool nice. very cool that's awesome yeah. got any um upcoming, road, Jack. Uh, upcoming music that uh people should be looking up looking out for uh definitely peep the chill hop essentials because i got a new track on there mm-hmm. um that's the single from the from the compilation which is always an honor and then uh yeah man i'm just i'm like basically touring through the rest of the year and then january through march i'm plopping my ass down in new york and i'm writing for three months getting a studio and just like everyone's gonna come through and it's gonna be that's it's going to be my, my renaissance. That sounds awesome. That sounds great, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. Well, Brandon, nice thank that. you so much for taking the time again. And yeah, I hope, hope you have a rest, a great rest of the day, man. Uh, you too. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, it's no great problem, chatting. man. Safe travels. Keep it going. We'll talk to you again soon. Hopefully we'll see you in Minneapolis Shoot. soon. We'll yeah, start poking you guys too. Yeah. shaking some trees around here. Yeah, let the people know. Definitely. Man. I'll let them know. I, know. I got to play. The closest I got was Infrasound this year, and I was like, I really want to be in a city. <laughs> yeah, that's like oh, the man. complete opposite of any, oh my God. any sort of civilization. <laughs> what an experience. <laughs> It totally is. Yeah, I mean, the last like 10 miles is like an ATV trail. And you're like, you sure this is the road? Yep, yep. Yeah, I just got lost in British Columbia in the middle of the night in the forest oh, in like very oh, remote oh. British Columbia recently with my runner. And we got stuck there for like an hour and a half until a rescue party came and found us. And it was like, oh my God. there's legit bear shit on the ground around me. And I'm like, I'm just going to die like right here. It's cool. Like nobody worry about me. But anyway, shit we do. Yeah, because the last fucking like 20 minutes was, of course, just like gravel. Am I going the right direction right now? Anyway, yeah, I feel there you. are no signs. There's nothing. <laughs> yeah, well, anyway, thanks well, so much, dude. Have a great day and safe travels. We'll see you soon, I'm sure. You too. Mm-hmm. You too. Sounds good. All right, Bye. peace. All right, man. Thanks for hanging out with us from all the way over in NYC, where apparently we got to go visit it and eat some mac and cheese. Anyway, we're back here with Durfsky McDurf. Durf on me. Durf on me. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> when you're not Durf. What's I'll up? I'll Durf your Durf. I'll help you Durf on Durf on me. <laughs> There's a lot of songs that I add my own little special f- zest to. Yeah, you and you should I mean. peep out what he means by that. Uh Go, go listen to some True Feels today. Go listen to some Bureaucratic, man. And you know what? Go yeah. donate some money on their band camp because it's super cool. And, like, we really appreciate it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's how, like, so that's, like, what we wake up to and, like, is, like, a super Kickstarter on our day that somebody gave us, like, 50 cents for something we spent, like, 7 million hours making. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So, plus, you know, that shit's tight. Plus, Matt Thornton 6 is my Venmo. <laughs> 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 oh my god that's hilarious can i request money from you <laughs> no i'll dude, request it back you make me think of that that thing lately where they're saying you should do to like the dudes that creep on hot chicks online where they just keep being like hey hi beautiful what's up girl you request hey money dude from and them? then just be like 
requested $1,000. <laughs> Douchebag fee. Yeah. Now I'll talk to you. <laughs> so anyway. So anyway. Let hey, me you see got, your bubs. You got some exciting stuff Show happening, bubs. right? Well, by the time this comes out, you'll have just played a show in Iowa with... Close E. That's right. Yep. Hell yeah. Yep. It's Where are you guys Iowa even City. playing, man? It's at the Blue Moose Tap Blue House. Moose. Oh, it is at the Blue Moose. Which That's awesome. I don't oh, damn. think I have ever played there before. It's a fun little spatsky. The, oh, it's yeah. kind of weird because the bar is in like a different part of the venue. Okay. Like, you got to go out into the bar. Gotcha. But, you know, whatever. It's kind of nice, I guess. Like, people aren't blocking up the dance floor with, like, a line to the bar. For sure. So maybe that's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, well, I've heard it's a sweet place, and I'm pumped. Yeah. It's tight. We've played there a couple times for Mr. Dan Green. Sweet. Who always yeah. gets brought up, no matter what episode we do. Yeah. Shout out Dan Green, man. Elevated Life. Hey, Dan. <laughs> man, yeah. No, it's like small fam down in Iowa, you know, but. It really is small i think the whole midwest pretty much but love my anyway all right so uh october 5th i'm gonna be out at sacred vibrations in grand rapids and then i'm popping over to boulder for uh showdown's headline in the at the fox theater and then i'm scooting back here with the quickness so that i can go play at first avenue with glitch mob on monday october 8th Skirty, skirty, so that's skirt. gonna be Friday the fifth, Saturday skirt. the sixth, and Monday the eighth. Yeah, so. yeah, and I'm I'm feeling stoked slash nervous for these shows. You know, like this glitch up glitch mob one. I think I'm gonna lighten up quite a bit from my normal thing and maybe just try to sing a lot more and like do the live thing. And then for showdown show, I think I'm gonna go a little more hamsky with it. So hamsky. it'll be a fun weekend where I play kind of all over the place. I think I'm gonna just pull stuff from. The last like thirty set lists that I've made, basically, just Sweet. see what works, what, what goes, you know. Yeah. But yeah, people are gonna be like, "Are you okay? Oh shoot! <laughs> are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh snap! Did you see that? Oh, hey, kurt. are you okay? <laughs> oh man, are you okay? <laughs> This is our new thing. Dude, this is our new favorite thing. That's amazing. How can you guys do that? How can you make that noise? Well, oh, dude, <laughs> we were practicing like for a couple days now. Yeah, we've been working at this. Damn. I saw oh, this, this like pat. picture of yeah. um, a wall and someone had graffitied "Are you okay?" on one side of it, like A R E U O K, and then on the corner, someone had continued this and said, <laughs> so it just says, "Are you okay?" <laughs> That's tight. Oh, shit. Well, you have some cool stuff coming up. I just finished some art for Thorny. Did the graphics for a show he's going to announce soon. That's really exciting. Heck yeah. So, Colorado fam, get ready. Can I say that? Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, so I will be playing my first Denver headline at the Black Box, and that's on Thursday, November 15th. Chia, chia. If y'all are listening in uh, the Colorado area, y'all should come on down. Do Even it. if you're not, y'all should definitely come on down. Yeah, do it. I'm going to be there. I'm going to come on down. Yeah, Man, I'm going to come on down because I'm the next contestant on the prize as well. One, Bob. Those are the people that are the worst on there. They're the most boring by far. I know. I'm going to go with one. Oh, come one on. dollar and the crowd come goes, on. whoa. Like they just did something great. Yeah. Some dude yeah, got kicked no, off. you're just being that douche. Apparently some dude got kicked off for saying 420 to everything. Oh, that's right. I heard what? about that guy. Yeah, no, Apparently yeah. I kicked off. He's like, wait, why is this not allowed to guess 420? It's oh a number, God. isn't it? Oh, my God. Get bent, Holy Bob shit. Barker. Wow. Yeah, that Bob. was quite the alliteration. Anyway, my name is Bob Barker and I'm dead. <laughs> 
don't think he's dead. That's such a good impression. What? Really? No, he's still alive. I'm pretty sure. Nah. -uh. Still no. spading and neutering those dogs. No, I think he died. He's getting his pets spayed oh, and neutered. Oh damn, yo! He spayed he's and neutered old. himself. He's old. Did you guys hear he's about that? ninety-four years old. He's Dude, living in Washington. Pull up a picture of him. I literally Does he look oh. like the crib keeper. Oh my god! <laughs> I heard he, he spayed and neutered himself. He looks like the crib keeper. Like, right? He looks crap. like Voldemort. <laughs> It looks like he looks Bob, like Voldemort before he went bald. Bob's eyes are like one mile into his head. Oh my god! It, look at him. It gets worse. Okay, so Holy if you're crap, having Bob. a good day, don't go look up pictures of Bob Parker. <laughs> 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 Holy shit! Okay, anyway, <laughs> I'm not feeling old Kurt anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks a lot, Bob. Oh man, yeah. Well, damn, I just that ruined my whole fucking day. It's a shame when Bob Barker's weird face has to ruin your day. This is another episode of old, creepy white people that you shouldn't Google. That's our new segment. Old, creepy white people that you should never, ever, ever look up and Google and research. Oh, that just left me with a bad taste in my mouth now. Like I'm just going to be like, okay, bye, motherfuckers. Okay, bye. Ugh, Bob. Yeah, okay, so... Anyway, thanks for hanging out in the frickin' green room. Shout out Bureaucratic. Shout out True Feels. <laughs> Shout out Bob Barker. We'll catch you soon. Bye. Skirt. <laughs> Jeez, guys. Oh. We went overboard. <laughs>